0: Hello, and welcome to the Marketing That Matters podcast, casual conversations for purpose-driven women. Each week, we'll talk about what's grabbed our attention, productivity hacks making our life easier, and chat about a purpose-led brand. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, I'm talking about stepping down the corporate ladder or stepping up. We're not
1: really sure which way we're going. Have you heard the term EX? Well, Jade and I hadn't, and we are intrigued. We talk all about it. And our brand for this week is Zembreros. The purpose is so strong, it's at the front of every marketing.
0: And if you like this week's episode, please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review because we would love to hear what you think. So Alicia, what's got my attention this week is a recent story on Mamma Mia. There was a female executive... And she is the head of customer experience for a large financial services company. Interestingly, she is the only woman on the executive team. This was about her time in lockdown due to COVID. And this changed her mind about her full-time career as she felt more connected with her kids, um, obviously during this time and working from home. She spent her entire career trying to get where she is. But now she's desperate, as she says, to step back down the ladder. She talks about the way society has glamorized the hustle lifestyle to an unhealthy and almost unsustainable point. She says in the article, we tend to recognize and applaud women who are super busy. And I'm not just talking about women in business, but busy mums as well. We have this whole idea that to be successful and worthwhile, you have to be working your ass off the whole time. I think we've got to stop doing that because it's not sustainable long term. Now both both of us being um busy businesswomen and busy mums I thought this was quite relevant. What did you think about what she had to say?
1: Yes well it's interesting that um after spending time in, in lockdown with during covid with her kids she wants to spend more time because <laughs> I feel like <laughs> So it's quite interesting that yes, what she would like to do. But anyway, um, I found it interesting, and I think there's this constant battle with women that I speak to about what they're supposed to do, what they feel they should do, um, and this push pull of of the their career and family life. I think because it's we're still gen X um, were one of the f- first generations to to really take on those leadership roles um, and become more norm become make make it more of a norm that females were in these leadership roles while still having a family at home but now it's almost an expectation that we can have both we can have our careers while we're a family and yeah it just isn't possible if you If you've got a really demanding career, I find it interesting that she speaks about um, hustling. I always talk about the hustle. Yeah. And she says, it feels like if you're not working, hustling, pushing all the time, then you're somehow letting womankind down. What was I trying to achieve? What is the end goal here? Why are we hustling? What are we hustling for?
0: Yeah, I I feel like our society has definitely glamorized being busy and hustling. For me, though, I think I know what I'm hustling for. Like if you think about how hard we work now around our kids, we're doing this because when they go to school, we want to have the flexibility to be able to pick them up from school and not be chained to someone else's office desk from nine to five. So I think I think that's okay if you have a, a goal in mind, but maybe perhaps in her case she was working for someone else and hustling, hustling, hustling. But at the end of the day, she was what making them more money and climbing the corporate ladder, but that maybe wasn't fulfilling for her in some way. She did also say a financially rewarding but stressful career or lifestyle and swapping that for a less pressured and less highly paid one. But it, that one is essentially more fulfilling. So I think that's interesting that some people are maybe chasing job titles and salaries rather than job roles that fulfill them a little bit more. And that is yeah, a
1: very,
0: yeah, it is a very privileged position to come from. But I think that's what that's what we're personally aiming for now is um, taking on work that really lights us up, um, makes us get excited to get out of bed in the morning and go and do it. Versus, you know, we could both probably get a nine to five office job that paid more, but it's not really what would fulfil us
1: short term and long term. Uh, I- Look, I think it's back to the discussion we had when we spoke about Matthew McConaughey and turning down money. Um, yeah, so I think it's. I think it comes down to those job titles you're talking about. Often, are associated with higher pay, and therefore, it's a bigger it's a bigger discussion. If that's the case, it's not just we can't we can't ignore the fact that we're just talking about a job title and climbing that. We're talking about getting more money and people mm-hmm. and people see more money on the table and trust me it's hard to turn down and I think a lot of people would might be able to say they they could turn it down to have to 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 direct their career into a more fulfilling place but I think if they're in the when that person would be in the position um, they might find themselves accepting it so Yeah. yeah it's it's it is one of those things that to to have a um, to have that balance, it might all, it might mean leaving money on the table and 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 staying in a role that that is just okay for you rather than where you possibly have the the experience or or the capabilities of getting to um, yeah. to live that fulfilling life maybe. I think it's also worth
0: asking the question if men have this discussion too. Because in the article, she says, I think it's a societal expectation. My male colleagues don't have any kind of expectation, even of themselves, that they will be there for their kids' events. For example, my CEO went to his kids' first swimming lesson the other day and everybody was like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. And I couldn't help but laugh when I read this because I had a conversation with my husband, Chris, how he took two kids food shopping with a, you know, young baby and a carrier and a toddler and the amount of praise he got and help he got from people in the, at the shop, at the supermarket. And he was telling me about it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? People don't even look twice at me with two kids at the shopping center, let wow. alone give me a hand. And Maybe it's you look like you was struggling. Yeah. <laughs> or, or yeah, or he was struggling a lot, but I just, I feel like I feel like they get that all the time. Like people say to me all the time, oh, you know, your, your husband's so involved. He does so much for the kids. I'm like, yeah, he does. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like no one's saying that about me. <laughs> Whereas they I do might, just ask so... as much possibly. But, yeah. but I still think there are, yeah, although our partnership at home is very equal, I still think there is more expectations placed on women in that kind of thing than than men
1: yeah in the balance of career and mum life but i also think that mm. um females just it's it's wired in us to be that nurturing role in the in yes. the, and i it's even if you were the one that was the full-time worker and the dad at home i think there's just something in the 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 female to want to be involved and more than the man i don't know just na- a natural feeling i'm talking about but yeah um in regards to um in regard i'll get back to the article and talking about climbing up the ladder and climbing back down the ladder um and then why we feel the need to hustle i think it's actually a natural progression from being a junior like when you come out of uni you hustle you know you have to hustle and you keep hustling like all through your 20s you're you're always constantly trying to prove yourself you're trying to be a better better worker and um and and make a name for yourself and in advertising marketing anyway. And I'm not, I'm for other industries. I think I would say so. You still have to put your head down, bum up to 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 get that um that that experience behind you. I think that just I think you just naturally just keep going. Like and if those people, I don't think it's for me anyway. It's not natural to slow down. And I would actually find it interesting if she, if this lady. Was able to climb back down the ladder. She's saying she wants to take like a, a more junior role. I would, I would put money on it that she wouldn't be able to stop hustling even in a junior role, mm, because yep. you can't take that out of someone. When you mm-hmm. are that type of worker, you just are, and you see opportunity, and you just you just work hard. So I would I would find it interesting that and and she's saying that recruiters are telling her that she's got too much experience for these junior roles she's going for and there's a reason for that there's a reason why you don't put senior people in junior roles like i don't i would be interesting to know if people have had experience with doing so and if people look i know that there was someone at channel nine back in the day that was offered um a senior role in the advertising department i mean the advertising the sales department and she never wanted to take it she the whole time i was there i was there for about five years she was always a coordinator And I would say, like, she's such a gun. Why doesn't she want to be a manager? And she just said she didn't want to be. She was happy doing the coordinator role and she didn't want to be a manager. So I think Mm. it happens in workplaces that people don't climb up. I don't know. I haven't heard of climbing back down because they wanted to.
0: Yeah, it's definitely an unusual thing, but I think it's going to become more common. I think people are, I think it's maybe a generational thing too. Um, Now people are looking more at, their balance um in their life overall and not so much on work like the emphasis has been placed on your work life being your whole life for quite a long time now and I think that's starting to change
1: do you need to dive deep into your brand and discover your brand's purpose
0: do you want to connect in a more meaningful way to your customer but don't know how
1: Does your marketing lack purpose or you don't know how you differ to your competitors?
0: Our Find Your Purpose package includes a two-hour workshop in Perth or via Zoom, a marketing strategy report with your purpose at the core, advice on how to implement your new marketing strategy, plus content ideas and supplier contacts.
1: And don't forget, it comes with follow-up calls with us and email support.
0: Book now at marketingthatmatters.com.au.
1: I want to hear from you. Jade, we've discussed before CX, customer experience, but have you heard of the term EX? No, please enlighten me. <laughs> it's employee experience, another another phrase to remember. <laughs> Only 29% of Australian employees perceive a strong match between how their employee represents itself and what they actually experience. Why this got my attention is I wanted to talk about employer ex- employee experience and how that correlates to customer experience if there's a to- if there's a toxic employee experience i can guarantee the customers will find out find out about it somehow there's a flow on effect for how that affects your brand now the marketing mag article that we will put the link to in the show notes called does your employer brand match your actual experience as an employee it says employees have to strive for greater accuracy and authenticity in describing themselves and active employees their most credible spokespeople and their storytellers and advocates if they are to earn the trust of prospects and employees. Employees today are not only looking for a job, they're looking to work for a company where they feel valued and whose culture is aligned with their own beliefs and desires. When there is a disconnect between the values and behaviours of the brand, employer trust is also impacted. Now, Jade, let's talk about businesses who do this well and those that might not do it so well. What do you think about employee experience and how is this affecting the brand?
0: Oh, I think it's so important and it's not really talked about too much. I think we always talk about customer experience and employee experience is completely overlooked. But your employers have to have the same experience or at least the same perception of their experience that your customers do. Because if your employees are interacting with your brand every single day and they are your brand, so not only do they have to have that same perception, they also then have to deliver that to your customers. So it's actually really, really vital because they're the ones that that are delivering that level of service or those values onto the customer. Mm. So I think it's completely overlooked, although I think brands are starting to do it really well in terms of, you know, you do see a lot of um, larger brands and I think it comes down to the the rise of kind of like human resources departments. I think it falls a lot of their shoulders to educate employees about the brand in terms of brand values and guidelines and things like that.
1: Yeah. And this is what I want to talk about because I feel that employee experience hasn't really been in our marketers basket before. No, I agree. It's, I reckon it's, it's, been put on hr (laughs) totally and it has for you know since the beginning of time um the hr department have the employee experience you know little handbook and they're the ones Mm. to educate and have the onboarding process and talk them through what they um what we value here as a company etc however what this article is talking about is it being a mark if they can get employees to understand in all departments what the marketers are trying to achieve and align the customer experience with the employee experience, then there's more united front for marketers, which makes total sense. And it's even it goes back to what we were talking about with having who's managing the social media, you know, like why mm. it should really be in the product department, because they're the ones who understand the product and service versus the marketers. The marketers, yes, have put the platform in place and the questions possibly, but then at the end of the day, the, you know, the product or service department, can be the one that's responding because they're, you know, they're the actual ones at the end of the day that understand it. If everyone then understood the customer experience because of the employee experience, you've got this united front. Um, So, I was looking at some brands that do it well, and Starbucks is just ahead of the game. I've got an article, I mean, a quote here that says, Starbucks is yet another example of companies linking employee experience to customer experience. The company prides itself on taking care of its employees through initiatives such as stock options, competitive wages, education, reimbursement, quality training, and health benefits. Starbucks knows that by keeping employees happy, they can help keep their customers happy too. How happy employees naturally and instinctively create a welcoming atmosphere and provide a blue ribbon customer experience, which is obviously the most key thing for Starbucks. Jade.
0: Yeah, I find that interesting. Um, it's a lot about keeping them happy and not just about the type of experience that they want to relay onto the customers. But I think that's probably because if you've got a happy employee, they're generally
1: going to want to do their job really well for you, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and that's true. Yeah. Like there's different brands that would need to understand what the company is trying to achieve from a customer experience point of view and help that and relay that onto an employee experience point of view. Yeah. So I guess it's important to look at then what a business would value as we're talking about, you know, purpose-driven businesses and how you could then relay that purpose into a employee experience. So let's just, we've spoken a, a bit about having um businesses supporting a charity, so having a purpose where they give back to the community, then how can you create that experience for your employees so they understand what the whole bigger picture um, idea for the company is and, therefore, what they're trying to get their customers to understand experience and also realise that that's important to our brand. So um, there's an article in Ad Age that says 81% of employers say charity partnerships improve employee satisfaction. Volunteer Australia, 2014. Seventy-four percent believe it improves employee re- retention, and forty-one percent of how people feel about a company is based on firm CSR corporate social responsibility initiatives. So, pretty much what it's saying is employees do like the partnerships align align aligning with partnerships, and a lot of companies do have these partnerships, set, but but they don't might not necessarily have the employees engaged in them. And if they are, it's just like a last minute thought, maybe, oh, you know, we've got a we've got a, a charity day. Let's just send an email out to all employees. You know, mm. those sort of, like being a last minute or a not as crucial as part of the um, their employee experiences if they're involved, just they got a last minute invite and call them up to help out with the charity day. And that's mm. what's expected of the employee. I think that if they really understood what the purpose of the business was trying to achieve and that big purpose that we're talking about and they're involved in it, then you possibly might get more satisfaction from employees. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you say that because I can, when you said it, a
0: few things jumped to mind about some campaigns that we worked on together um, and because they were supporting non-for-profit organisations I'm not saying that we put more effort into it but I was definitely um maybe more f- it would they were more fulfilling in a way to work on as an employee like I definitely felt um you know proud to share them and like 100% 110% effort not that I didn't put that into other things but I definitely felt that little bit more um maybe relatability to it as well just because mm. I knew it was supporting something other than just making the business money um mm. So I think that's really yeah it's a really good
1: point. Yeah, well 81% of employees say charity partnerships improve employee satisfaction. So Yeah. Yeah. Charity partnerships like they they're still um they do they they give back and they also help your employees. It's a yeah.
0: I definitely think that a lot of businesses try and um like just fit values into their organisation and expect employers to live up to them. Like they kind of just go, you know, our values are, you know, team and honesty and integrity and they just throw them in and then expect everybody to live by those. I, I, I think a lot of businesses miss the fact that they don't really examine their culture and look at some really unique values they just mm. put a bunch there that they want employees to abide by versus it being about the brand itself and the culture that it kind of has grown to become. Does that make sense?
1: Mm. Mm.
0: Um, yeah. I think a lot of businesses make that mistake.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. It needs to just be um, the core of, of what the employee is working towards. rather yeah. than just and, and related to the brand. It needs to, they need to yeah. be about the brand as well. Oh, it's interesting. What in that marketing mag article it talks about the employees being um, credible spokespeople and their storytellers, and it's true. And even an employee who's not the the one making the money and who possibly isn't in a sales role specifically is the spokesperson. It's a lot more authentic than necessarily the brand saying it. And mm. I'm talking like a person. You know, a person will a personal brand talking on behalf of a brand and um, my talking about small brands, like we, we have quite a few people on this podcast that listen to us that are, you know, they're their own business. They they own their own business. Um, I wanted to talk about my local hairdresser, Winter Grace Hair Artistry. She has her hairdressers have their own social accounts for, yes. yeah, for the brand. So then they're, their experience of the brand is is given from a different, like, and they've all got their own style as hairdressers, and, but they're all working for the one brand. So that's another way of storytelling, uh, the employee's storytelling um, as an extension of the brand and obviously their employee experience, their EX um, being relayed onto the customer. Mm. Yeah, that's a fantastic way to look at it. It's yeah, a great example.
0: I think also it's worth thinking about um, if you're a business owner and, you know, you might run the marketing yourself and keeping your employees in the loop on what's happening is really important. Like mm-hmm. I've been working in so many small businesses and it's like, it's not uncommon for an employee who's, you know, serving the coffees or behind behind the cash register, not having any idea what's happening marketing wise or like what ads they have out in the market or you know events they can have coming up and things like that so I think it's um that's another really important point to keep your employees involved in all of that um to improve that
1: satisfaction and then that employee experience as well mm. um well if we're if we're talking about this I've got five <laughs> points that employees say that they want at work one is contributions oh. their organization values them presence their organization appreciates their very being. <laughs> connection they want to experience the connection that comes from doing good work with good people so that connection acceptance their organization values and needs their ideas and experiences exactly what you were saying and fulfillment Mm. employees employees want to experience a sense that their work matters and there we go boom that is yes that is their work matters not only not only to just making rich people rich or something. Yes, exactly. But- I think that's the last
0: one. That fulfilment is is what um, sometimes, as an employer or a manager, you can overlook and forget about. Um, mm. But yeah, having that kind of purpose-driven or charity partnership aspect behind it can can really help um, employees feel that sense of fulfilment if they're not feeling it in the day-to-day job.
1: Well, I think it will also. Um- have a huge difference on staff retention like you know if if another Mm -hmm. competitor came across and you know asked that employee to to move and dangled some more money at them you know imagine if there's a concrete um something that that employee was trying to achieve that's bigger than just money making you know actually had a bigger purpose there might be there might be a lot of you know, a pool to keep staff around as well because they actually want to achieve something.
0: Do you want to know which marketing activities will generate the best ROI for your business?
1: Do you know you need to market your business but you don't know where to start? Do you have a handle on the whole marketing thing but you want to make sure you're on the right track? Our coaching package was designed with you in mind. With a two-hour coaching consultation and a customised report to help you implement your new marketing strategy, you can handle your marketing with confidence.
0: And don't forget, it comes with follow-up calls and email support from us.
1: Book now at marketingthatmatters.com.au. I want to hear from you.
0: The brand we're talking about this week is Zambrero. They are fresh Mexican inspired food with 202 locations worldwide. What got our attention with Zamburo is their mission to stop world hunger through their plate for plate initiative. With every burrito or bowl purchased, a meal is donated to someone in need. Since their inception, they have donated over 40 million meals, working towards the goal of 1 billion by 2025. There's a goal for you, Alicia, on their website. <laughs> they to do this, they actually partner with Rise Against Hunger who actually um, organizes those meals. And then locally, they also partner with Food Bank to Fight Hunger in Australia, providing meals to Australians, doing it tough. So Alicia, I love that their purpose and mission is really simple and they have it absolutely everywhere, down to the point where even if you go into a store, on every till they have information about their Plate for Plate initiative. What did you think?
1: Oh, completely! I think um, as soon as we started talking about purpose-led brands with this podcast, Zambreros was one of the brands that I was looking forward to talking about because they have they they do it because it must work, you know. They they have it at the front of all their marketing and. For instance, on their Instagram, their bio, which we we all know you don't get very many characters to say things on your bio, their bio bio says, fresh Mexican-inspired food that's putting an end to world hunger, 44 million-plus meals donated and counting. So if they've got one thing to say about their business and their brand to their customer, they're talking about their purpose. And that's what we love to see, isn't it? Not trying to <laughs> troll the website trying to find their purpose. <laughs> exactly. Um, the owner actually
0: um there was an article and he said, they said, uh, but it wasn't until Zembro was a few years old that it began to weave their philanthropic purpose into the marketing. So since then though, they've done it really, really well.
1: Yeah. I, I think what's um, what they've done well is they haven't overcomplicated it and they have got an Australian partner with food bank. And then they've got the international partner with rise against hunger who brings the food to, the international um, to those abroad, they are very clear about what that food is. They even talk about um, what part Zambreras contributes to. So it says it says um, very clearly. It's not overcomplicated. You don't have to read through very much. It just says Zambreras' contributes per meal is based on the cost of the raw ingredients it then says, you know, they don't pay for the shipping of it or the packaging of it. They're literally just paying for the raw ingredients. So it's like, okay, I know what I'm, I know what you're doing and I know what you're saying. And yeah, I understand there's other costs involved, but you're not saying you do that. Yeah. And yeah, they're just clear with what, and that's what we've been talking about, isn't it? It's just being clear with that purpose and not trying to overcomplicate it. Yeah, exactly. That, That was exactly my notes as well. That, um,
0: not only do they state what their purpose is, but they actually go into the detail about how they actually do it. And that's what a lot of brands miss. They go, oh, we donate this amount of money or we we do this, but then they don't actually tell people how they've done it. Um, so Zembro mm-hmm. Zembrero do that really well. And the other thing all the time is we say as a brand to implement these things, you don't have to do it all yourself. And Zembrero don't. They partner with mm-hmm. places like Food Bank and the other one, Ranked The Rise Against Hunger. hunger. Yep. Yeah. So, they're not the ones actually doing all the work. The people who, um, you know, work in that space all the time, they're, they're the ones that are doing it and so we're providing them with the resources to do so. So I think that's, again, small businesses take away that to, if you want to do something like add a purpose element into your business, partner with the right people to actually get it done.
1: Totally, totally. And, you know, it's a, it, franchise marketing is tricky and, you know, with 202 locations um and they're in malt like they're they're not just in australia they're they're um international as well it would be tricky to 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 rein the marketing in if all the franchises started you know putting putting different um putting their spin on things but they they have they've got a strong core of what they're trying to achieve and if those franchises are all behind it which you'd gather they would be um, yeah, you're gonna guarantee that your marketing clutter is gonna be front and center, and let's do some. Yeah, let's sell some Mexican food to to feed the hung- hungry. Like it's, you kind of can't go wrong with that. Um, if you're actually putting the money where your mouth is, you know, if you yeah. actually then that money that the customer spends definitely goes, which they've got these partnerships and um and it's been going for quite a long time as well. So what's you said 2009, I think, or I think it's been going for a very long time. You mentioned that uh,
0: they did their Instagram, I think it was the Instagram buyer really well. I also thought they did their social posts quite well. Um, like, you know, every second or third post is about their purpose elements and what they're doing, how they're donating, how much, and even some down to some different local initiatives as well. So obviously run by the franchise owners. Um, the only thing I wanted to say, though, is I, f- I feel... Um, of late, the posts have become a bit more corporate looking um compared to previous stuff, especially Instagram mainly. And I personally liked the older style with, which was infused with a bit more of the custom images. So like a customer taking a photo of their burrito wherever they were. I thought it gave their um their social profiles a little bit more personality. Um, mm. whereas now it feels they feel a little bit more corporate. Um so I would have liked to see them go, go back to the City to, Jade.
1: To, authenticity yeah i, th-
0: I think it, i think it did seem a bit more authentic with the with the custom reposting customer images and things like that whereas now they seem very designed and corporate and like a real kind of bigger brand but i think um i think what they are doing before uh, like made them that you know a little bit more authentic a little bit more relatable and down to earth which i think is more 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 like their brand than the kind of corporate nicely designed ones
1: well if you're listening <laughs> Change it up.
0: We liked the old stuff, yeah. (laughs) I recently finished reading Glennon Doyle's new book called Untamed. It seeks to liberate women from the societal expectations that bind them to honour beauty and rage equally. It's such a good read for women about stepping away from what society expects of us and how to lean into
1: what we really want to do. Have you ever wanted to scan a document? but didn't have the facility to do so. Now you can scan your documents through your notes app on your phone. Select the notes you want to export or simply go into your notes app and take a photo of the document. Click tap the share button on the top right. Select create PDF. When the PDF appears, tap the share button on the bottom left and tap done. So share it to either a message or an email or your computer if you share it to your computer. Tap done, easy PDF docs ready to send to anyone. That covers it for this week. Make sure you leave us a review or follow us on Instagram at marketing that matters pod. We love a chat. Thanks for listening to the marketing that matters podcast.